And welcome to Misinformation, a trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Julia. How are you feeling? I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm almost back in the land of the living. Oh my gosh. We got back from Geek Bowl and I immediately took ill like a frail Victorian <laughs> woman. Real, honestly, you you texted me and you were like, you can you have first pass at my stuff if I die. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and it was just all lungs, you oh know? Oh my God. Yeah. Nothing, well, you sound a lot yeah. better. Well, thanks. Yeah. So yeah, apologies in advance to our, <laughs> um, our listeners for, to listen to this beautiful, sexy, fun voice that I have going on. Um, and a Apologies in advance for any uh, coughing or other <laughs> sounds that may arise as yeah. a result of this. Uh, we just got back from Geek Bowl. Uh, as a matter of fact, well, before you took ill, mm-hmm. took to the bed. And we had a great time. Oh, yeah. We met so many lovely people from Learned League and from Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people recognized us, which was super weird. <laughs> well, they recognized you, let's be honest. They weren't, they, they were like, it's Julia from Misinformation. And they were like, you <laughs> no <laughs> i think it's just because your picture isn't on like a bunch of different groups that's true that's all yeah well you know what are you gonna do I, i'm a fiercely <laughs> private person <laughs> so anyway um so this is your topic today yes my topic this week is getting kind of back to basics mm, we're okay, gonna good. welcome to health class this <gasps> is anatomy 101 <laughs> So, the human body. What is it? Oh man, <laughs> it's it's very complicated. I can see that. Um, the human body, the elements that it is composed of, um, from from most to you know most to least. Sure, elements. Elements. Um, you got oxygen. That's about sixty five percent of the human body. We're talking about my body here. Your human body. You, my, you mine. are sixty five percent oxygen. What? How did I not float away? 18.5% carbon. Okay. 9.5% hydrogen. 3.2% nitrogen. 1.5% calcium. And about 1% phosphorus. And then there's a couple other things that are like 0.004%, but you don't really need to know about that. Good. Anyway, you were mostly oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, and phosphorus. That's so little calcium. (laughs) You know, I was expecting with all my bones, I'd have more calcium. It should be... Mostly calcium. Yeah, no. exactly. No. Hmm. Um, so the body has trillions of cells, you know, um, and consists of many different types of tissue. So tissue are cells that act with a specialized function. Mm-hmm. And then also, obviously, you have organs, which are structured collections of cells with a specific function. So um, talking about the human body in this wonderful topic, uh, I'm kind of breaking it down by specific systems. So we're going to start with the musculoskeletal system. Mm. So the adult human skeleton has 206 bones. Great. Great. Adult actually has a lot fewer bones than a baby. Um, We start off life with about 350 bones, but because bones fuse together during growth, um, we end up with having about 206, about 206 (laughs) as an adult, you know. Um, And so when the skeleton first forms, it's made of flexible cartilage, but within a few weeks, it begins the process of ossification. So ossification is when cartilage is replaced by hard deposits of calcium phosphate and stretchy collagen, Mm. which are the two main components of bone. So people kind of... Like when you hear collagen, you're mostly thinking like people plumping up yeah, their, their lips or their yeah. skin or mm-hmm. something like that. But collagen is like really essential to uh, pretty much everything in your in your body. Ooh, okay. So uh, bones have three different types of cells. You have osteoblasts, which make new bones and help repair damage. Osteocytes, which are mature bone cells that help continue new bone formation. And then osteoclasts. So these break down bone and help to sculpt and shape it. And osteoclasts are very active in kids and teens, and they um, mm. work on the bone as it's remodeled during growth. And they also play an important part in the repair of fractures. So osteoclasts mm-hmm. break down bone. And then help to sculpt and shape it. Okay. So but it's, it, yeah, when, when you're growing. Or, yeah. You know, when things are getting fused together, that type of stuff. Okay. So there's osteoblasts. Osteoblasts. And osteoclasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then osteocytes. Sites. Okay. 
So bones, they're made up mostly of calcium, mm. phosphorus, sodium, and then other minerals, as well as the protein collagen. So calcium, we need that to make our bones hard. Oh, yeah. That allows us to support body weight. Mm-hmm. That's like really, like, <laughs> like really fundamental when you think about it, but also very like scary that like what if your bones couldn't hold you up? Then you would just be a puddle. You'd be Alex Mack. Yes, Alex Mack. I loved that oh, show. That was a great show. It's funny that it hasn't been one that they like rebooted or something. You yeah, know? they should reboot that because it was it was good. It was thoughtful. Uh-huh. She was a, a female hero. Uh-huh. She there dressed were, however she wanted. Exactly. She there was a little bit of sex in there because you know that first when she discovered that she could turn into a puddle, her clothes stayed, and she ended up naked behind a lot of strategically placed <laughs> boxes true. and things. Do you I remember that? I forgot about the naked part. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember <laughs> about the show. <laughs> Uh, oh, just man. goes to show. But yeah. yeah, no, it was a great show. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, bones. We would be puddles if not bones. <laughs> so uh, bones also store calcium and then they release some of it into the bloodstream when it's needed by other parts of the body. Mm. And amounts of certain vitamins and minerals that you eat, especially vitamin D and calcium, directly affects how much calcium you have in your bones, which is why okay. as ladies, they tell us, you know, Gotta take eat that this calcium chew, yeah. you know. <laughs> And the soft bone marrow that's inside many of your bones is where the blood cells are made. So I'll definitely talk about blood in a little bit, but um, the bone marrow, it contains stem cells, which produce the body's red blood cells and platelets, as well as some types of white blood cells. So bones are made up of two types of bone tissue. You have compact bone, which is the solid, hard outside part of the bone. So that makes up most of the human skeleton. Mm. Um, You know, it when you picture a bone, this is the type of bone tissue you're thinking of. Yeah. It's compact bone. It looks like ivory. It's really strong. Um, and there are, there are also holes and channels running through it that carry blood vessels and nerves. Um, oh, that's you know, cool. I guess I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. That there's like little rivulets in your bones. Oh, of, yeah. It's, yeah. Ooh, I feel weird. <laughs> My body feels oh, weird Oh, you're going to feel real weird. Oh, Sorry, everyone. I like if you're, <laughs> I, and I'm, a, I'm kind of a squeamish person, so I'm not covering... <laughs> the things that I think are super gross It'll, about the human body. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I think I know. There's all kinds of gross things yeah, that the your body parts. Yeah. You don't like that at no. all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You will not be receiving any information about that today because Julia's squeamish. It's true. It's FYI. kind of ironic that I'm doing this topic. <laughs> Um, the other type of bone tissue is cancellous bone, which looks like a sponge, and that's what's inside the compact bone. So that has a mesh-like network of tiny pieces of bone called trabeculae. What? Hmm. And that's where red and white blood cells are formed in the in the bone marrow. That's cool. Um, bones are fastened to other bones by long fibrous straps called ligaments. Oh, yes. So um, cartilage, which is a flexible rubbery substance in our joints, it supports bones and protects them where they rub against each other. Mm, So you might mostly hear about cartilage like in the, with your knee, mm-hmm. but actually it's, it's all over your body where at all the joints, where all the joints are. It's interesting. Um, Here's a fun thing that I didn't know was a thing. Oh, a sesamoid bone. S-E-S. A M O I D. It's a bone embedded within a tendon or a muscle. What? So the kneecap is actually the largest sesamoid bone in the body. And um, sesamoids act like pulleys. They provide a smooth surface for tendons to slide over and increase the tendon's ability to transmit muscular forces. So yeah, it's kind of, um, it's embedded within a tendon or a muscle. You'll have some in like your, you know, your feet too and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's its own weird so, named so body. we're essentially like run by what is essentially like a, a pulley system yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah that does not i mean that's not very high technology you think that we would have uh advanced that at some point <laughs> 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 but i'm just i mean who yeah. am i at least move to steam power am i right <laughs> sure yeah i mean well we've We've been we've done so pretty good so far, I guess. <laughs> um, there are some bones to know. D- know bones some bones to know. Your strongest and your longest bone is your femur. Mm. It is your upper leg bone. It is stronger than concrete and what? capable of supporting thirty times its own weight and volume. Get out of here! Yeah. Wow. So, so if you f- fracture your femur, you did something say. very bad, <laughs> oh very God. wrong. That's ooh. 
I don't know if I know anybody who's ever fractured. I bet that probably like take, car accidents. And yeah, stuff, I bet that takes a really long time to heal, like yes. forever. Yeah. Ugh, what a terrible thing. That's awesome though. Your smallest bone is um, the stapes, which is in part of your ossicles. So your ossicles are your three ear bones of the oh, inner yeah. ear, mm-hmm. the malleus, the incus, and the stapes. We also ta- refer to them as the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Um, and so the stapes is the stirrup. The stirrup. Okay. So um, the ossicles, they transmit sounds from the air to the fluid-filled labyrinth, which is your cochlea. So um, the stapes is the smallest bone. Cool. Um, you have 12 pairs of ribs. I, I feel like this has come up at Geeks Who Drink before, and we were like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because we all counted. We all tried to count, and we got it very wrong. No. Uh, yeah, you have 12 <laughs> pairs of ribs, two of which are floating. So they're not attached to your, um, like your vertebrae or your sternum. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're like where the rest of your ribs are. Oh, they're okay. just like... <laughs> There's not like one, one might be in your wrist today. Oh my God, no. <laughs> one might be in your thigh. Um, <laughs> there's seven superior pairs that attach to the sternum and then there are five inferior pairs. Oh, okay. So they're not attached to the sternum, but yeah. they are like part of your rib cage. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, in your forearm, okay, you have two bones. Yes. And... Um, Sometimes I can't remember which is which, yeah, you know? Can I. So in your forearm, you have the radius and the ulna. Mm-hmm. So the radius is actually the thumb side of your forearm. Oh, okay. It's um, um, it's shorter and smaller. Okay. And then the ulna is the pinky side of your forearm, and it's longer and larger. And then when people talk about your funny bone, that's obviously not a bone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually talking about the nerve attached to your ulna. It's the ulnar nerve. Oh, okay. So... um. That's your funny, funny bone. Funny bone. So when you slam your funny bone, you've actually hit your ulnar nerve. Yes, exactly. And it hurts like a bitch. Yep. That's the worst. And then your lower leg, um, you have the tibia and the fibula. Mm -hmm. So the tibia is the largest. Um, It is your shin bone, basically. And it's the second largest bone in your body after the femur. And then the fibula, which is um, the smaller bone. It's basically your calf bone. I guess you kind of don't necessarily think about your calf as as having a bone, but it does. Um, And... The fibula is named after the Latin word fibula, meaning clasp or brooch. And when you picture Ooh. like the human skeleton, you picture the leg like that. It makes perfect sense because it um, the fibula kind of resembles a clasp like you see on the modern safety pin. Oh, so cool. it is. Yeah, it's skinnier and just kind of bows out a little bit. Mm. Oh, that's cool. OK, so those were some bones you should know. Bones you should know. Now we're talking about muscles. Mm, OK. So there are three types of muscles in the human body. You have cardiac, smooth, and skeletal. Okay. So the cardiac muscle is just the wall of the heart, and it's responsible for, obviously, the forceful contraction of the heart. Okay. Um, Then you have smooth muscles. So these make up the walls of the intestines, the uterus, blood vessels, and internal muscles of the eye. And then you have skeletal muscles. They are attached to the bones, and in some areas, the skin, like the muscles in your face. And then the contraction of skeletal muscles is actually what helps limbs and other body parts to move. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So, yeah. Muscles to know... Hey, muscles to know. The gluteus maximus. That's my booty. Yep. It is the largest <laughs> muscle in the human body. Large and powerful because yeah, it has yeah. the job of keeping the trunk of the body in an erect posture. Oh, it keeps me upright? <laughs> I just thought it was the thing you build up when you're doing squats. <laughs> well, then my up, then my trunk is, is extremely stable. Up, like stable and upright because LT's got a booty. Anyway. <laughs> Your smallest muscle is the stapedius. Um, it's the smallest skeletal muscle in the human body. It is just over one millimeter in length. Yeah. And its purpose is to stabilize the smallest bone in the body, which is your stapes, the stirrup oh. in your ear. Um, the hardest working muscle is your heart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and I will talk about the heart in a couple minutes too. So your heart pumps out two ounces of blood at every heartbeat. Oh my God, wow. And um, daily, the heart pumps at least 2,500 gallons of blood. Oh, my God. So, like, you don't have 2,500 gallons of blood? Sure, that's what goes through. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. Um, And the heart has the ability to beat over 3 billion times during a person's lifetime. Oh, my God. Just really facing... I'm really facing mm -hmm, some mortality here. mm -hmm. Uh, That seems like too small of a number. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't like that. Um, the strongest muscle, mm. based on its weight, is the masseter. M a s s e t e r. That is your jaw muscle. So really? with all the muscles of the jaw working together, it can close your teeth with a force as great as 200 pounds on the molars oh my God. or 55 pounds on the incisors. So like when you bite your tongue, or oh, like yeah. You, yeah, like you have really messed yourself up because you have like this, you know. For that's for, the strongest muscle. Oh my god, that really terrifies me. Because for a while, I was when I was would fall asleep. You know how you do like the yeah. jerk to wake up. For some reason, my jaw would be like, oh. and I at one point, it's I dangerous. Bit, I know I bit my own tongue, and I heard the crunch, <gasps> and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah. So bad. I was like, that's it. We got to take me to the hospital because I'm going to bleed out <laughs> oh, through my mouth. We have a tongue now. <laughs> we have half a tongue. Oh, no wonder people who grind their teeth, they have mm-hmm. such terrible, or like TMJ. Yeah. Oh my God, you get terrible um, migraines and things. Mm-hmm. I bet that does a number on your head and teeth. Right. Ugh. Strongest muscle. Strongest muscle, huh? My sister used to bite me when we were, oh, let's be honest, she still bites me every so often, but, um, <laughs> and when she bites, it's, it hurts like a bitch. <laughs> this is something we can explore in a later, yeah. <laughs> later podcast. We don't have to talk about <laughs> Um, <laughs> and the last, so I was talking to my dad last night oh. and he was telling me about my dumb brother, Billy mm. and Billy is my brother that makes up a lot of words Yes, or he like really uses things incorrectly. Like he'll be like, dad, this pizza is so deplorable. Um, <laughs> so, my favorite. Oh, I love so it. anyway, Billy was talking to my dad and he told my dad, dad, I had a really sartorious week <laughs> and I told my dad that I don't think he used that right because that is the longest muscle in the human body, the sartorius. All right, I'm using that now from yeah. here on out. I'll be in a meeting at work and be like, you know what, guys? I'm really sorry. It's been a real sartorius week. And I'm going to see yeah. how many people are like, I hear you. <laughs> because when you don't know a word that someone uses, you don't want to ask. Yeah. So you're just like, yep, totally. <laughs> I hear that, my friend. You know? Oh, Bill. So, yeah. God bless him. Bill had a real sartorious week last week. Poor guy. That's tough. It'll be, (laughs) it'll be okay. So, the sartorius is the long, thin, band-like muscle found in the anterior region of the thigh, and it functions as an important flexor and rotator of the thigh. So, that's your longest muscle. So, is this on the the back of your thigh or the the front of your thigh? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, like where my saddlebags are. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We can can edit that out. (laughs) But yeah, the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where the longest muscle is. Okay. Joints. So joints occur where two bones meet, and that's what makes the skeleton flexible. Mm -hmm. Without them, we would not be able to move. Sure. Um, So they're classified by their range of movement. So there are three different classifications of joints. You have immovable or fibrous joints. They Mm -hmm. don't move. So the dome of the skull, for example, it's made of bony plates, which must be immovable in order to protect your brain. Sure. Um, So between the edges of these plates are links or joints of fibrous tissue. And fibrous joints also hold the teeth in the jawbone, which is like really weird to think about that like your teeth are being held in by joints. (gasps) This is freaking yeah. me out. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second kind are partially movable. They're called cartilaginous joints. Mm-hmm. So they move a little. They're linked by cartilage, as in the spine. And each of the vertebrae in the spine moves in relation to the one above and below it. So together, these movements give the spine its flexibility. Oh, okay. Okay. And then finally, you have your freely movable or synovial joints. So they move in many directions. So the main joints of the body found at the hip, shoulders, elbow, knees, wrists, and ankles, they are all freely movable, Mm. or they should be. Um, They're filled with synovial fluid, which acts as a lubricant to help the joints move easily. And knees are the largest of the joints in your body. Um, There are three kinds of freely movable joints that play a part in your movement. So you have hinge joints. Yep. You know, Lauren is is demonstrating all the different (laughs) movements. So the knees and the elbows are hinge joints. They allow movement in one direction. Mm -hmm. Um, You have pivot joints. They allow a rotating or twisting motion like that of the head moving side to side. And then finally, your ball and socket joints. They allow the greatest freedom of movement. So the hips and the shoulders um, have this type of joint in which the round end of a long bone fits into the hollow of another bone. Yeah. So ball and socket joints. Mm. All right. 
now we're now we're gonna drill down a little more into okay. your body. So you got the circulatory system. So um, it is also called the cardiovascular system or just the vascular system. It's your organ system that permits blood to circulate and transport nutrients like amino acids and electrolytes, as well as oxygen, carbon dioxide, hormones, and blood cells coming to and from the cells in the body to provide nourishment and help in fighting diseases, stabilize temperature and pH, and maintain the balance of bodily functions, which is what's called homeostasis. Mm. So that's just keeping your body in... uh, in its normal state. Yep, is homeostasis. Um, there are two types of blood vessels that carry blood throughout your body. You got the arteries. Mm-hmm. They have the oxygenated blood from the heart to the rest of the body. And the main artery in your body is the aorta. Mm-hmm. And then the blood travels back through the veins, back to the heart and lungs, so it can get more oxygen and send those back to the body by way of the arteries. So um, the two largest veins in the body are the inferior and superior vena cava, which is Latin for hollow vein. As the heart beats, you can feel your blood traveling through the pulse. Oh my God, now I can feel my blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you can feel it. Um, Feel your blood traveling through the body at your pulse points. So like your neck and your wrist, where large blood-filled arteries run close to the surface of the skin. <laughs> yep. This is cool. mm-hmm. Oh my yep. god, I feel can it. feel it. Um your heart has its own pouch inside your body what? called the pericardium. That's okay. the membranous sac there. Um it fixes the heart to the mediastinum, gives protection against infection, and provides lubrication for the heart. So yeah, okay. like when you kind of picture I mean, the game operation is a bad example, but like (laughs) if you're picturing like someone just like cutting into the body and just seeing like a bunch of organs, that's not how it is. Like, okay, like your organs are like covered in all kinds of membranes and stuff. Yeah. Like, like they're thin, but you got to get through those to get to the organ. Slice them up to get Mm -hmm. inside. Ew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, another weird number of things is laid to end to end. There are about 60,000 miles of blood vessels in the human body. Oh. Ew. So that's your, yeah, your your veins and your arteries and your capillaries. And Ugh. yep. Ugh, There's a lot happening. <laughs> a lot happening. Um, whole blood, which flows through this network of veins and arteries um, contains three types of blood cells. You have your red blood cells that carry oxygen to the blood's tissues, white blood cells that help the body fight infection, and platelets that help with blood clotting. And um, as we talked about with the Romanov episode, um, people with hemophilia do not have enough platelets. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some genetic malformity there that um, they just can't stop bleeding. Causes them to just... Just like, <laughs> just like, like in comes Monty out. Python, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving along from blood, okay, because I don't like talking about blood. Um, the central nervous system. Okay, so um, this is the part of the nervous system that consists of your brain and spinal cord. Mm-hmm. Um, the human brain, it weighs just three pounds. Really, that's all that controls everything. Three a three pound three sack of gray, spongy grossness. Uh, exactly. Which is responsible for everything around us, <laughs> including the things, including seeing the things around us. Yep. Oh my God, I'm like, I'm having like an existential breakdown. Okay, three pounds. Three pounds. Okay. Um, it's many folds and grooves provide it with the additional surface area necessary for storing all of the body's important information. Mm-hmm. So important parts of the brain, which are stored in your cranium. The cranium is the, you know, the bones, the name for your skull, basically. Um, so the, the parts of the brain are the cerebellum, the cerebrum, and the brainstem. So the cerebellum, it modulates the outputs of the other brain systems, whether it's motor-related or thought-related, to make them certain and precise. So 10% of the brain's total volume consists of the cerebellum, and 50% of all neurons are held in this part of your brain. And it is about the size of an orange. Yeah, then you have the cerebrum. So that's the large part of the brain containing the cerebral cortex, um, as well as several subcortical structures. So the cerebral cortex, also known as the pallium, um, that's a layer of gray matter that lies on the surface of the forebrain at the beginning of your head, um, and is the most complex and most recent evolutionary development of the brain as an oh. organ. Um, multiple functions there include um, smell, spatial memory, um, and the lobes of the cerebral cortex include the frontal, temporal, occipital, and parietal lobes. Mm. Um, 
also in your cerebrum, the hippocampus that's found only in mammals. Um, it's the part of the brain involved in complex events such as spatial memory and navigation. Ooh, okay. You also have the basal ganglia. That's a group of interconnected structures in the forebrain. Um, the function of this part, the basal ganglia, um, is action selection. It sends inhibitory skills to all parts of the brain that generate motor behaviors and in the right circumstances can release inhibition so that action generating systems can execute their actions and reward and punishment exert their most important neural effects in this part of your brain. Oh my gosh. So like, like you reach out and touch something and it's hot and then you're like, Ew. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think this is one of those, um, the parts of the brain that they study when they study like psychopaths is that oh, yeah. they, this part, like they, the impulse control and mm-hmm. like the reactions to things is terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Yep. And then um, finally, the other important part of the cerebrum is the olfactory bulb, which mm. we talked about um, with s- smelling, yep. basically. And I got that um, wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it processes olfactory sensory signals and sends its output to the olfactory part of the pallium. Okay, and then finally, you have your brainstem. So um, that adjoins and is structurally continuous with the spinal cord. So your spinal cord just like, just like, boop, like just like <laughs> joins right up with your brainstem. Okay. Um, you have the medulla oblongata. <laughs> okay. Which, along with your spinal cord, contains many small nuclei involved in a wide variety of sensory and involuntary motor functions, such as heart rate and digestive processes. And it sits right above your spinal cord. Now, I'm going to put a call out to our listeners because I asked my brother and he didn't get back to me. There was some cartoon I watched in the 90s. And this was like a, a very important part of an episode that they were either looking for or had been cursed by the medulla oblongata. And this, <laughs> and this was not like um, like the magic school bus or anything like that? No. Like I want to say it might have been like a DuckTales or something. Okay. The medulla oblongata. See, you're saying it like that and it's triggering something in my three pound like a, brain. Like an evil lady was yeah. saying like the medulla oblongata. <laughs> so folks, if you have any idea what I'm talking about yeah. and you can make a suggestion for me, I would really appreciate it because this has been like weighing on me for a couple of yeah. days now. Tweet at misinfopod. Yes. Or email us at misinfopod at gmail.com. We will repeat how to contact us later in the show. Yes. So your brainstem has the medulla blongata. <laughs> you also have the pons, P-O-N-S. Um, that, so that's in the brainstem directly above the medulla. Um, it contains nuclei that control often voluntary but simple acts such as sleep, respiration, sure. swallowing, bladder function, equilibrium, eye movement, facial expressions, and posture. So basically like all of like the really important things to like yeah. really function. Yeah. Or in your pons. Pons. Okay. And then the midbrain. That's a portion of the central nervous system associated with vision, hearing, motor control, um, being sleep or awake, arousal, um, including alertness, and then temperature regulation. Oh, okay. So like all of this is in a tiny... Like, okay, so if your if your cerebellum is like the the biggest part of your brain mm-hmm. and it's the size of an orange. Yeah. Like the rest of this is not <laughs> like there's not a lot of room for anything else. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And it's all it's all working together. It's, so- it's amazing. It's amazing that we we managed to get through the day alive. Yeah. And, or even record this podcast. How am I talking right now? I'm suddenly super aware of how I'm talking. It's <laughs> really freaking me out. And then obviously connected to all of us with your brain, you got your spinal cord. Yeah. So that's a long bundle of nerve tissue that's about 18 inches long and about three quarters of an inch thick um, extends from the lower part of the brain down through your spine. And along the way, various nerves branch out to the entire body. And these make up the peripheral nervous system. Okay. So your nervous system is actually two things. The central nervous system, which is your brain and spine. Sure. And your... um, peripheral nervous system which is the rest of the nerves that go out to the rest of your body okay um so both the brain and the spinal cord are are protected by bone so the brains um your brain the brains you know the brains (laughs) all the brains brains. um they're protected by your bones of the skull and the spinal cord is um protected by your vertebrae and they're both cushioned by layers of membranes that are called meninges meninges Mm -hmm. okay as well as a special fluid called cerebrospinal fluid. Mm -hmm. And this fluid helps protect the nerve tissue, keeping it healthy and removing waste products from your body. Um, 
the peripheral nervous system is again the nerves and the ganglia which is the word for nerve cell clusters that are outside the brain and spinal cord so the main function of the pns the peripheral nervous system is is to connect the central nervous system to the limbs and organs essentially serving as a relay between the brain and the spinal cord and the rest of your body mm-hmm. The largest nerve in your body is the sciatic nerve. So this runs um, from each side of your lower spine, deep in your buttocks, wrapping around to the back of the thigh and into the foot. And at its largest point, it's as big around as an adult thumb. Ew. Ugh. No, I don't. <laughs> so when people say my sciatica is acting yeah. up, it's I bet because that hurts. it's the largest nerve in your body, so it can affect like a lot. Yeah, like your entire lower body. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the integumentary system? I have not. I haven't either, but this is officially its official term. Your integumentary system, folks, is your skin and its appendages that act to protect the body from various kinds of damage, such as loss of water or abrasion from the outside. So skin is our largest organ. Mm -hmm. Um, This is weird to think about. Um, The skin of a 150-pound adult male if it were stretched out flat, oh, gross. it would cover about two square yards and weigh about nine pounds. Gross. So if, <laughs> if say, for example, if we were to find a 150-pound man uh-huh. and we decided, for science, to skin him alive. <laughs> it would be about nine pounds. Okay. So actually, we don't have we don't to. Need we to don't do even that. need to do it. So you're welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> We have that information already. Yes, Good. Exactly. We didn't have to do an experiment. No murders here. <laughs> I mean, we're skinning him alive, Julia. <laughs> he's, not, he's not dead yet in this scenario. <laughs> Miss Infopod oh, does not condone skinning anyone alive. Absolutely not. <laughs> your eyelids have your thinnest skin. Yes. <laughs> and the soles of your feet have the thickest skin. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so human skin it sounds so creepy. I know. I'm like human skin. <laughs> um, it's composed of two major layers of tissue. So you have your epidermis mm. that provides your initial barrier and then your dermis. So that contains connective tissues, vessels, glands, follicles, hair roots, sensory nerve endings, and muscular tissue. So because the cells in the epidermis are completely replaced about every 28 days, cuts and scrapes heal quickly. Mm. The hypodermis, which is subcutaneous tissue, is beneath the dermis, which is beneath the epidermis. And that's used mainly for fat storage. Mm. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I know that well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hair is actually a modified type of skin. Oh, ew. Hair grows everywhere on the human body except the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, and your lips. And these portions of skin that don't grow hair... (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, I just had a, I just had a, a daymare that I woke up and I just had hairy lips. I'm like, no, no. no. Oh, it is weird to think about because yeah, you kind of like you kind of think that you're not all covered in hair. Yeah, right. Well, you don't. You got peach fuzz on your yeah. face, in like everywhere. But really. Ew. Yep. So, okay. so, so the parts of your skin that don't grow hair are called glabrous skin g-l-a-b-r-o-u-s okay um hair grows more quickly in summertime than winter isn't that interesting you know what i knew that (laughs) instinctively because i noticed when i shave my legs in the summer i have to shave my legs sooner Mm -hmm. than in the winter yeah (gasps) there's a reason i thought i was crazy yeah i just thought it was because i was wearing dresses and shorts and i was just more noticeable nope Oh my god. Yeah. Also hair grows more slowly at night than during the day. So it's that not just me like out. it's not just a continuous like growth system. Yeah. yeah. Oh my that <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. And then also like hair, your nails are a type of modified skin. Um fingernails grow fastest on the hand that you write with and on your longest fingers. Oh my god, you're right. I'm looking at my hands right now. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And also your fingernails grow faster than your toenails. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. It's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Well, this whole thing is weird. I'm really weirded out. (laughs) 
I want to talk about your gut organs. Please talk you know. about my gut. It's actually like one of our, um, you know, it's nice, some nice fond memories because like the very first episode of the podcast, we talked about all kinds of president's gut organs. Yeah. So I wanted to bring it back around. That's great. Um, so your gut organs, okay. you got your liver. Sure. It's the largest internal organ is an accessory digestive gland that plays a role in the body's metabolism. So it has many functions. It's very important. Yes. Um, so the liver is the only organ that can completely regenerate. It only needs as little as 25% of its original tissue to do so. Oh, yeah. That's why when people do liver mm-hmm. transplants, they can lop, a liver donor can just like blop, yep. like lop off a bunch and like stick it in somebody else and yep. then like bloop, 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 grows back. Yep. Ew. I mean, it probably takes a while. Well, but sure. <laughs> it's probably not like We're not a- lizards. Yeah. <laughs> Are we? Oh my God. Um, there's your pancreas that's located in the abdominal cavity behind the stomach. It's known as a mixed gland. It is both an endocrine gland producing several important hormones, including insulin, and a digestive organ that secretes pancreatic juice to neutralize acidity from the stomach, as well as digestive enzymes that assist digestion and absorption of nutrients in the small intestine. Um, I know that you've mentioned this to me before, and this is why I wanted to put it in the podcast. The the islets of Langerhans. Ah, yes, the islets of Langerhans. Yep, <laughs> uh, they are part the parts of the pancreas that contain endocrine cells. And although they only make up one to two percent of the pancreas's mass, they have a lot of important functions, like secreting insulin. Mm, okay. Um, your small intestine. It has three parts: the duodenum, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the jejunum, Ooh. and the ileum. So the duodenum is the start of the small intestine. It receives digestive juices and bile. The jejunum is the midsection of the small intestine. Um, It has the products of digestion like sugars, amino acids, and fatty acids are absorbed into the bloodstream here. And then the ileum is the final section of the small intestine. It absorbs mainly vitamin B12 and bile acids as well as any other remaining nutrients. And that's all I'm going to say about intestines. Um, just, uh, just so everyone knows the reason why Julia is not going into the large intestine and the colon is because Julia does not like scatological talk. Nope. I want no part in it. She doesn't want any part of it. So, um, if you want to know more about the large intestine (laughs) and the colon, please do your own research. (laughs) You will not be receiving it here at misinformation. Yep. We do not share that sorts of information here. (laughs) She's a lady, everyone. Um, there's the gallbladder. It oh. lies beneath the liver. It receives and stores bile produced by the liver and releases it into the duodenum where the bile helps in the digestion of fats. You also have your spleen. It's mm. located in the left upper quadrant of the abdomen and acts primarily as a blood filter. It removes old red blood cells and holds a reserve of blood, which can be valuable in case of hemorrhagic shock and also recycles iron. And it also fights infections. So um, like your, both your gallbladder and your spleen, you can live without them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, organs. They're organs that sometimes cause trouble for people. Yeah. And sometimes you get them out because yep. they're so they're crotchety. Yeah. But but they're not necessary for, for life. For mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Your kidneys, however, super important. Yeah. Your kidneys are two bean-shaped organs found in the left and right sides of the body located at the back of the abdominal cavity in the retroperitoneal space. So um, the nephron is the structural and functional unit of the kidney, and each adult kidney contains around one million nephrons. The nephron utilizes four processes to alter the blood plasma, which flows into it. So there's filtration, reabsorption, secretion, and excretion. Kidneys are are just like super important for everything. Yeah. So like you can still live with one um, kidney. Yeah. But oh, so nephritis. So uh-huh. that okay. Yes. So the the pro the prefix mm-hmm. neph mm-hmm. refers to the kidneys. kidneys. Yeah. Okay. Great. Definitely. Um, and one thing I found interesting is when people do get a kidney transplant, um, so say one of their kidneys has completely failed and the other isn't working to its best and they give you a new kidney, they never take out the old bad what? kidney. Then you have like, yeah. they just, just like, hangs out in there? Yeah. Because they, they said like it's like it could be more trouble to like remove it and risk infection and all that stuff. Instead, they just kind of add the new one in and then you have this extra... Ew. Extra so you have like bad a, kidney in your body. You have like a surplus of kidneys, yes. essentially. Yeah. Oh my god, I had no idea. Yeah. 
Is that the only or well, I guess I should ask. I think you, that might be the only one that they would do that. That with. they would leave yeah. the old one in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean if someone has a heart transplant, they're not gonna like just tuck the new one next <laughs> to the right old. on top. Just like <laughs> You got like a bump. Squish this one over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so weird, huh? Yeah. What a thing. Um and then there is a newest official organ. We have a new organ, Julia. Okay. It's like we always had it, but they never they didn't know it was an organ. Okay. Okay. So mesentery, M-E-S-E-N-T-E-R-Y, is a set of tissues formed by the double fold of the peritoneum that attaches the intestines to the wall of the abdomen. It supplies blood vessels, lymphatics, and nerves, and stores fat. It is now recognized as an organ and entered as such in the 2017 edition of the Gray's Anatomy. Get out of here. So like they knew we had these tissues there and they were they called them the mesentery. But then it wasn't until like last year that they decided, okay, these are actually an organ. I'm blown away. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. They didn't. Nobody told us. Yeah. I you know what? We should have gotten a letter. (laughs) Definitely. From the uh, American. What is it? Medical Association. Yeah. The AMA (laughs) should have given us a call and let us know. You Can you imagine being on like part of that like call center? Okay, your job. You got to call every household in America. Just yep. let them know. This is what you got. Just, you know, an FYI, a good information. Man, that's a tough job. And then finally, some last weird body facts. Oh, great. I know you like weird body facts. I do like weird body facts. Humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour hour what every hour <laughs> oh i'm so gross that works out to about one and a half pounds each year Ugh. so the average person will lose around 105 pounds of skin by age Ugh. 70 oh so <laughs> ew everybody can get that hepa filter on your vacuum yeah and <laughs> ew exfoliate yeah. everybody mm-hmm. gross um, during a typical lifetime, a male will grow 27 feet of beard and mustache hair out of his face. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Um, human bodies glow in the dark. What? Uh, <laughs> Are you so, going to explain that? Oh, okay. Um, so light is a thousand times weaker than the human eye can perceive. So bioluminescence is a side effect of metabolic reactions within all creatures, which is the result of highly reactive free radicals produced through cell respiration. Sure. Interacting with free floating lipids and proteins. So the excited molecules that result can react with chemicals called fluorophores to emit photons from your body. So, so we glow in the dark, but it's too weak, too weak for us to see. For us to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about animals that have like really good eyes? Can they see us in the dark? Ooh, maybe. Like what are predator. Anim- what are animals that have really good eyes? Eagles? Eagles can see us in the dark? Eagle eyes. Eagle eyes. <laughs> but eagles don't can come see out at us night. in the dark. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> they can also see us in the light. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And then finally, when you lose weight, you're actually losing atoms. Um, and contrary to what every every workout instructor has ever told yeah. us, your body does not convert fat into energy. You're just like you're burning stuff to lose the molecules in your body. So for every 10 pounds of fat that you lose, 8.4 of those pounds are exhaled as carbon <gasps> dioxide. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We found a new workout. It's just called breathing. Breathing heavily and just hoping that it. Yeah, because all those girls, granted, they're lovely. The girls at our gym, the the fitness instructors. I've been getting mixed signals from them since day one. They're like, yeah, if you build up a muscle, it turns it turns the fat into muscle. I'm like, that's not that's not real. Yeah, or it burns the fat around it. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so um, that that kind of blew my mind when I found that out. Is that actually like when you're like the weight that you lose most of it, you're losing through breathing in the air. Um, the remaining 1.6 pounds are converted to water, which your body excretes as tears, sweat, or other stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. Weird. So yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's um that's anatomy 101. Wow. 
Lauren has her head in her hands. <laughs> That's too much. Oh my God. I mean, I love medical stuff. I grew up, you know, my mom's a nurse. So when my dad would work nights, we would make big plates of white rice with butter and salt. And we would sit in front of the TV and we would watch um, like the real ER shows, you oh. know? And we'd sit there and people would be like bleeding and like their organs are like spilling out. And mom would be like, give them Dilaudid. What's wrong with you? <laughs> So that was fun. So I like weird medical stuff, but that I'm like weirdly aware yeah, of my body. Just now. very conscious of everything that's in it. I was thinking um, in fourth grade and in Pennsylvania, I don't uh-huh. know if you guys did this in New York. We dissected owl pellets in fourth grade science. Oh, we did frogs, but yeah. You did frogs in fourth grade? Oh, no, not fourth oh, grade. This Jesus. was in high school, okay. but no, we so, didn't do pellets. Okay, we did owl pellets in fourth grade. And like just thinking about that, it's like somebody had to harvest mm owl poop yeah for us to dissect and like be like this is a vole skull this is a humerus this is a rib this Uh, is crazy they're um the the dirty jobs Uh, Uh um they did a thing where a guy his job was literally to harvest (gasps) owl pellets and owl pellets are not owl poop okay it's owl vomit (laughs) 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 they're like um they're like hairballs like cat yeah. hairballs but for owls so yeah it's got like all sorts of gross stuff yep in it. but so, we we use it at the science museum we oh, buy man. pellets and kids dissect them for our animal it's so programs. weird to think about yeah we did that in fourth grade yeah. and i was fine with that but then in like eighth grade biology when we were supposed to dissect the frog like i took a look at the instruction sheet and it was like step one skin the frog i was, I was like, like can huh? i be excused <laughs> please and then i got to sit in the library for three days and like color in a picture of a fr- like a oh, frog man. diagram that was much better for me and oh my gosh i should have done that because i did not do well on the no. frog dissection i really mangled that guy poor no. thing Ugh, not for me <laughs> oh my gosh so well, anyway, thank you yeah this was very informative yeah. so um my quiz mm-hmm. i think y'all y'all are either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it Okay. Okay. All right. So this quiz is called Don't Know Nothing About No Skellingtons. <laughs> um, it's a quiz on things that kind of sound like names of bones. And I have embedded hints into each question. So you kind of have to pay a little bit of attention. All right. All right. Question one. This common green pigment is the color of patina formed on copper or bronze when weathered. And you can see it on all sides of the Statue of Liberty, including on her back. What is this distinct color's name? Question two. What stringed instrument? You sit down at the keyboard to play it. It's not held up to your collarbone like a violin. Is popular with Renaissance, Baroque, and classical music enthusiasts. Though you can also hear it in modern songs by Stevie Wonder, Bjork, and Tori Amos. Question three. Which sign of the Zodiac, also the name of a Ford sedan, appears in the night sky with its two horns and two of its presumably four feet stubbornly hovering over the northern hemisphere? Question four. Developed for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in America, the box art for this 1991 space shooter video game incongruously shows a bearded elderly man wearing overalls and a fedora with his fingertips playing the banjo while a spaceship flies in the background. What is the name of this game whose title actually likely references a rectangular mass military formation? Question five. Give them a hand, ladies and gentlemen. The Mark Twain Prize is an annual American award given at the JFK Center for the Performing Arts for what top honor, whose past recipients include Tina Fey, George Carlin, and Whoopi Goldberg? Question six. Made from denatured and jellied alcohol, this canned heat can often be found on camp stoves and under chafing dishes at wedding receptions. What's the common brand name of this fuel used for everything from cooking chicken breasts to illegally boosting NASCAR fuel tanks. Question seven. The phenomenon of collective false memory shared by multiple people, including well-known claims that children's favorite Berenstain Bears book series used to be titled The Berenstain Bears, and that Sinbad starred as a strong-jawed genie in a film called Shazam, was dubbed What Effect in 2010? Question eight. Contrasted with the term orient, meaning east, use your noggin and tell me the other, longer O word for the Western world. Question 9. Hey, what's the name of that once hip ancient Greek epic poem set during the Trojan War, which details the battles and events of a quarrel between King Agamemnon and the warrior Achilles? 
And finally, question 10. This American multi-billionaire is the owner of the NFL's Buffalo Bills, the NHL's Buffalo Sabres, and the NWHL's Buffalo Buttes, though I'm not sure he can sprint or skate. What's the name of this businessman and savior of Western New York sports? We'll give you about a minute to think, and then we'll be back with your answers. Wrong. Try to remember this song. The toe bone's connected to the heel bone. The heel bone's connected to the foot bone. The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone. Now that's the natural law. The ankle bone's connected to the shin bone. The shin bone's connected to the knee bone. The knee bone's connected to the thigh bone. Now that's the natural law. Repeat. The toe bone's connected to the heel bone. The heel bone's connected to the foot bone. The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the shin bone. The shin bone's connected to the knee bone. The knee bone's connected to the on the other hand, the finger bone's connected to the hand bone. The hand bone's connected to the wrist bone. The wrist bone's connected to the arm bone. Now that's the natural law to continue. The arm bone's connected to the shoulder bone. The shoulder bone. That was very clever. I'm I'm impressed with your quiz. Okay. I don't know how many I got right. Okay. But kudos to you. Yeah, I was. Trying to do something kind of fun because when I was, you know, look, when I was doing research on bones and stuff, some of these I was like, oh, that reminds me of this word mm-hmm. or oh, that reminds me of this. Yeah. So, okay, let's All right. do it. Here we go. Question one. This common green pigment is the color of patina formed when copper or bronze is weathered. And you can see it on all sides of the Statue of Liberty, including on her back. What is this distinct color's name? I, I don't know. Okay. What's like a bone in your back? Uh, vertebrae. Uh-huh. Vertigree. Like, yes. Yes. Vertigree. Yes. Artists would speed the process along by hanging copper plates over hot vinegar in a sealed pot until a green crust formed on the copper. Ew. And then they would scrape it all off and mix it to make gr- that distinctive green Oh, cool. Paint. Question two. What stringed is- instrument? You sit down at the keyboard to play it. It's not held up to your cl- collarbone like a violin. Is popular with Renaissance, Baroque, and classical music enthusiasts. Is it um, a harpsichord? Um, what's what's your collarbone? It's the, uh, oh, it's a clavichord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clavichord. Great. So um, historically, actually, the clavichord was used as a practice instrument oh. as an aid to composition because it was not loud enough for larger performances. So the clavichord produces sound by striking brass or iron strings with small metal blades called tangents. And unlike in a piano action, the tangent doesn't rebound from the string. It stays in contact with the string as long as the key the key is held and the volume of the note can kind of be changed by striking harder or softer and the pitch can also be affected um, by the force against the string and when the key is released the tangent loses contact with the string and the vibration is silenced by strips of damping cloth so because of this intimate contact between the player's hand and the production of sound the clavichord has been referred to as the most intimate of keyboard instruments Mm, yes (laughs) music people are weird um question three which sign of the zodiac also the name of a ford sedan appears in the night sky with its two horns and two of its presumably four feet stubbornly hovering over the northern hemisphere that is a taurus yes so taurus um a foot bone is a tarsus. Oh, okay. That's kind of where I got nice, that. Nice. So the Taurus is the bull. Um, it was the first sign of the zodiac established among the ancient Mesopotamians who knew it as the bull of heaven because it was the constellation through which the sun rose on the vernal equinox at the time. It's so poetic, oh, those nice. Mesopotamians. Question four. Sorry. Developed for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in America, the box art for this 1991 space shooter video game, um, really, it's very strange. It shows a bearded elderly man wearing overalls and a fedora with his fingertips playing the banjo while a spaceship flies in the background. Um, What is the name of this game whose title likely references a rectangular mass military formation? Video games are not my bag. Um, Fingertips is the clue here. Okay. Like what's your phalanges? Uh huh. In like what's like a mass military formation? That I don't sounds know. like a phalange. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have no idea. A phalanx. Oh, phalanx. That's the name of the. That's the, video the name game? of this game. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
we'll, <laughs> we'll tweet a picture of it. Okay. Out, Cause it's really weird. Okay. Um, so the advertising company responsible for the box art for this game later admitted that they had deliberately chosen this theme in order to attract the customer with something original because there were many space shooters in the market that all looked alike. And the media site IGN later named it their fifth most awesome cover in a top 25 oh countdown on their website. So yeah, Phalanx is a mass military formation. I th- was trying to think what would be more fun than asking you about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Good, good. Question five. Give them a hand, ladies and gentlemen. The Mark Twain Prize is an annual American award given at the JFK Center for the Performing Arts for what top honor whose past recipients include Tina Fey, George Carlin, and Whoopi Goldberg? I mean, is it comedy? Is it like performance? Yeah, like what, what's like a bone that sounds funny? Funny bone? No, like your the bo- ulnar. No, the f- award the bone that's. Ah, ha- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the Kennedy Center ulnar award. What's like the? What's like this bone? It's your. It's your bicep bone. No, your, bu- <laughs> your bicep bone. I wasn't listening. The no, humorous. I'm oh, the humorous. So the humorous. Yes. Um, all right. All right. So recipients of the Twain Prize receive a copy of an 1884 bronze portrait bust of Mark Twain. Like, congratulations. Here's this mean old man <laughs> sitting on your shelf. <laughs> I mean, Stare I guess it's like you. really important. Like the people who have won it are obviously all yeah. like very top um, c- comedians and, yeah. and humorists. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, question six. Made from denatured and jellied alcohol, this canned heat can often be found on camp stoves and under chafing dishes at wedding receptions. What's the common brand name of this fuel used from everything from cooking chicken breasts to illegally boosting NASCAR fuel tanks? That's Steno. Uh, sterno sterno thank yeah. you mm-hmm. yeah okay um so the sterno like your sternum the breastbone oh, so okay. um so the name comes from that of the original manufacturer who is s sterno s-t-e-r-n-a-u okay um of brooklyn new york who made chafing dishes coffee percolators and other similar appliances oh, um starting in 1893 so designed to be odorless a seven ounce can of sterno will burn for up to two hours question seven the phenomenon of collective false memory shared by multiple people, including well-known claims that the Berenstain Bears used to be titled the Berenstain Bears, and that Sinbad starred as a strong jaw genie in a film called Shazam, was dubbed what effect in 2010? That's a Mandela effect. Uh-huh. So I got that. So the mandible oh, is okay. your jawbone. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Mandela. <laughs> It was coined in reference to false memories of the death of South African leader Nelson Mandela in the 1980s. In fact, he didn't die until December 2013. But there were, Mm -hmm. you know, there are thousands of people who swore that they saw his, you know, remember seeing his funeral on TV and from the 80s. And he died in jail or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. My my own weird Mandela effect thing is I swear that the Chick-fil-A logo didn't used to have a second C in it. I swear that it was Mm C-H-I-K fillet. Yeah. And I'll join I know that you'll conspiracy group on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on your tombstone. There was definitely a second C in Chick-fil-A. Here lies Julia. <laughs> uh, question eight. Contrasted with the term Orient, meaning East, use your noggin and tell me the other longer O word for the Western world. Jeez. Oh, um, uh, so you have the Orient and the... Orient. <laughs> No, um, I don't know what. It's Occident. Occident. Yes. Ew, I didn't know that that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yes. So um, it's from the Latin Occidens for sunset or west. Oh, okay. So Occident or Occidental. Um, I'm thinking here, your occipital bone is part oh, okay. of your brain. Yeah, with the two C's. Sounds I like get it. it you know? Yeah. Um, question nine. Hey, what's the name of that once hip ancient Greek epic poem set during the Trojan War, which details the battles and events of a quarrel between King Agamemnon and the warrior Achilles? I'm thinking pelvis. Uh huh. Okay. Is it the pel- <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you to finish it for me. I don't know. What is it? The Iliad. Oh, what? The ilium is the uppermost part of your hip. Um, So (laughs) So I was wrong. I was like off. Well, you got the right bone. Okay. So yeah, the Iliad. And that's by Homer. The Iliad. Yeah. Like there's only like three epic poems. That's true. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Finally, question 10. This American multi-billionaire is the owner of the NFL's Buffalo Bills, the NHL's Buffalo Sabres, and the NWHL's Buffalo Buttes. Though I'm not sure he can sprint or skate. What's the name of this businessman and savior of the Western New York 
sports. Is it Pagula? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Pagula. Pagula. Um, so his money comes from natural gas development, real estate, mm. entertainment, and professional sports. He yep. doesn't like live in Western New York either. He lives in Florida. I yeah. Think. You know why? Taxes. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So he spends most of his time down in mm-hmm. Florida so that he can get as many tax breaks as humanly possible yeah. for owning all of these things. But oh my gosh, when he bought, yeah. he bought the Sabres, everyone just like, they breathe a heavy oh, sigh, huge of relief. sigh of relief. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, they're concerned that the bills are going to move to Toronto. That's, that's been a thing yeah. that people have been very concerned about for years. So, but thank, thank Terry Pagula. Thank you. Terry His name sounds like a bone in your leg. <laughs> <laughs> You should tell him that. You should write him and tell him that. So that's my quiz. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. Bizarre. That was really good. That was very um that was very clever. I thought it was good. I thought it was going to be a quiz because you texted me and you were like, you are either gonna love or hate my quiz. And I was like, I'm ready. And I thought it was going to be like complicated medical things. <laughs> so no, this was great. 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 So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you for for being patient with us while Julia is very sick. <laughs> um, if you would like to listen to more of us, we are on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We have an RSS feed through our website, misinfopod.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us at misinfopod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at misinfopod. And we have a Facebook page, Misinformation and Trivia Podcast. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's it. That's, Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, if you could like, if you like us, yeah, um, maybe like tell some other people. That yeah, you tell like some us. other people. Spread the word, friends, because word of mouth is the best way to get information out there. Definitely, it's the most ancient form of communication, right? <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, thank you so much for listening, um, and we will catch you next time. All right, bye. bye.